You're listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews from experts around the world. We highlight the latest and most interesting trends and bring you information on human rights and international humanitarian law. My name is Nikita Lorenzo Calling, and we're broadcasting from the Hal Wallenberg Institute in Lund, Sweden. Tansila Khan is a Pakistani activist, entrepreneur, writer, and disability rights advocate. Known for her efforts to promote inclusivity and equality for people with disabilities in Pakistan, Tansila has been actively involved in raising awareness about the challenges faced by individuals with disabilities and working towards creating a more accessible and inclusive society. She has also gained recognition for her writing, using her platform to address social issues and advocate for positive change. She founded Girly Things for menstrual kits in Pakistan. At 16, she wrote her first book, A Story of Mexico, funding community projects. Recognized with awards, she made the film Fruit Chat and Whoopi Town, a board game that teaches players about disability in a gamified way. In May 2002, she won the Amal Clooney Women's Empowerment Award in London by King Charles. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Thank you for having me, Nikita. And uh, being here and talking about my journey as not just a person with a disability, but also someone who wants to make a very strong change in the way we perceive disability and see it more like a human experience rather than a community that's spread out across the world. I think I, I'm in the right direction if I'm in, at this institute. Thank you. All right, so throughout your content online, we can see different types of engagement that you're cultivating on your platforms often with a great sense of humor. I want to talk about the narrative shift in your activism, shifting away from the big tall glass of motivation that you always have handy to activism and entrepreneurship. How did you come upon this shift and how did it materialize in your activism? I think it has been a blend of my personal motivation, my own personality, and the way I handle my problems and conflicts. And that has always been through humor. This is something that has been ingrained in me from my father. He taught me that you need to have the skill of finding comedy and tragedy because there'll be plenty of tragedies out there. But you develop that skill. And I bring that to the surface because this is how we move forward in the world. And about shifting the narrative, I think how disability is perceived is according to the models that we follow. In Pakistan, we follow a very charitable model that only pushes the community into the corner of receiving aid and funding. But that is that is the most extreme violation of human rights because it does not let an individual thrive and be part of the community as a contributor, as a citizen. And it just kills the, the need to be, the need to struggle and hustle and collaborate because then you're just a couch potato. And unfortunately, in Pakistan, um, not a lot of people with disabilities are given the chance to struggle and compete and get opportunities on merit. Rather, they have quotas, and which is great in one context. But I also think that uh, my narrative of using humor and just bringing disability into areas such as entrepreneurship or filmmaking is just my effort to create an example that this is how inclusion can be in these spaces as well. Thank you. It's very nice that you do it that way and it's very interesting to hear how you work with this. So the next thing I would like to talk about is that you wear successfully many hats. You're an entrepreneur, you're a writer, a podcast host, a filmmaker, activist, and many more. You've effectively used storytelling to convey powerful messages. How do you think storytelling can be further utilized in the realm of activism, 
especially in advocating for human rights and disability issues. I think one thing I did very consciously was to let myself be a bit more free in terms of how I solve the problems that I'm experiencing. So all of these different hats just came about in response to a particular problem that I had identified as my own pain point. And then with a little bit of research and, and conversation, you find that I'm not the only one. It's actually spread out. For example, uh, back in the days, I started my organization, Creative Alley, as a direct response to discrimination that I was facing as a disabled person. I was not seen cool enough to be part of school activities. Remember in the days when um, in school you're sent to another school to compete in a debate competition or an art competition, all the cool kids go ahead and that's great. But who decides who's cool and who gets to be ahead? So in that moment, my organization came to be. And also in that moment, I realized that discrimination was also happening on the basis of economic statuses of students, sometimes even their skin color, sometimes the background uh, that they carried, sometimes the way they talked, sometimes the way they could not speak English so well, so based on that. And I gathered this group that had been discriminated in some way or the other formed Creative Alley and we started doing our own projects. And we reached a level where the school came about and wanted to collaborate with us. And I think that gave me the green signal that it's okay to come up with solutions that no one has tried because you start from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think even the podcast and the board game, all of them were responses to certain pain points that I had experienced. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. I wanted to ask you a little bit, just yeah. based on what you were talking about now, when we talk about like the board game and other types of things that you've done, do you feel like it's more, it, it engages another group of people in a different way? Like it catches the attention of other people in your activism? Yes, uh, because activism strangely has been sometimes um, cornered um, as an activity that's only for the ones who are angry or the ones who are victims. But I think we're all activists in our own way. We are activists in our households. Mm -hmm. There's always a power dynamics there that we're trying to walk, come through and we're trying to find uh, the attention for things that matter. I think human experiences are highly dependent on our senses. And just because you don't have a certain limb does not mean that you can't be in a space that's catering to other senses. So the fact that I'm a huge fan of bringing community together, and I think that's how you solve problems that it has been since ages. And now I've experienced it <laughs> being born in this century. So the board game also calls for people to sit together and talk and play. And it's not a digital version yet, which I'm trying to avoid as much as I can. But eventually, we would have to use the technology that is out there and should be used to reach more people even with podcasts or even with any community event it's always about bringing people together and trying to solve a problem together thank you in your talk at skip cobble forum 2022 you mentioned that where the system does not cater the community steps in how could we move forward from taking community for granted I come from a region where community plays a huge role, even if that's not something that we talk about. It's like a muscle jerk. If you see somebody in a wheelchair and they're struggling, you will not go and ask them if they need help. You'll just go and help them. That's the society that I live in, but I believe that's on one extreme level. So when I wanted to travel by myself, my family was definitely concerned, but somewhere in my subconscious mind, I knew that 
I will be taken care of. I will not be out there on my own. There will be a system, an ecosystem out there that will cater to me. And I was absolutely right. Because even if we struggle to put a name on it, there is a system of uh, organisms that come together. People are drawn towards you. They help you. They understand even if they don't speak your language. So once I started traveling solo, I wanted to blog about it, talk about it. I was not disappointed to see that community does come forth but I want more credit to be given to the community and I would like more conversations on the power of community because the world that we live in today unfortunately peace has left the building and we need to bring peace back through the community and talk about the importance and power of one person who, who helps me to get in the taxi and helps me reach my destination I not just reach my destination, I take many with me. So the credit goes back to that one taxi driver that could not speak my language but wanted me to be safe and made sure I was. So these experiences have had a profound impact on me and I would like to spread the message. Thank you so much. And based on this then, how do you think in, and I'm thinking like in a very practical way, what is what would you say is a way for people to just engage and be part of this and be part of the community to help just be that one person. Also, uh, I'd like to add that uh, sometimes we focus more on structures and systems and policies and legal systems. Definitely, they should be there. But I also feel that sometimes there's a line that's being crossed on what is the main and what is the complementary uh, element that supports individuals to thrive and move ahead. I also feel that uh, sometimes merging these two together is the right way forward as per my own lived experience. And at the same time, if we talk about disability, disability is not a community, it's more like a human experience. So everyone who was once born, were in a stroller, definitely was using the same ramp that I have used today to come here. But then once you're older, which I think the whole world is moving towards uh, a very high number of uh, elderly population, we would need these certain uh, levels of services, facilities. But beyond that, uh, Nikita, we would need the understanding that disability is not redundancy. And I think that message has to go across loud and clear. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. The next thing I would like to talk to you about is that the fight for human rights often involves collaboration across different sectors and various activists and organizations. Uh, can you discuss a time when collaboration with other activists or organizations significantly advance your cause? And how important do you think those collaborations are in the broader context of human rights activism? I think one major collaboration I can think of is the fact that most of my work is not directed towards the disabled population. In fact, it is directed towards the able-bodied population because I think that's where the power lies. That is how, that is the ideal human body. That is the set standard on which everything is built and designed. So that's where the sensitization needs to happen. That's where all the attention needs to be because people with disabilities, they know their problems. I don't want to sit them down and tell them these are our problems. I'm sure they're pretty much experts on that already. So. This is why collaboration is very, very crucial to whatever I do. Whether it's filmmaking or whether it's uh, getting a podcast together or even the design work, I'm very conscious of involving people from different walks of life and making them experience the work that I do and making them hear my point of view and then let them design their own point of view. 
and uh, so most of my work has been in collaboration i think whether it's putting up a theater together as well would be with people from different walks of life and i think this is very essential so not just one particular example i can give but it's more like a rule that i follow for every project thank you and as an advocate for both disability rights and women's empowerment you navigate multiple fronts of activism what do you think are the unique challenges in advocating for intersectional issues and how do you balance and integrate these different aspects of your activism i think i'm not an activist who follows any rule book and uh, i i like to just go ahead and come up with a solution and apply it as soon as possible so if i have a problem today i will not wait for the government to pay attention to that i will go ahead find a solution try to fix it and that is where entrepreneurship comes in because it's all about finding solutions in a sustainable way and once you have the money you have some form of power to execute that and this also goes back to the time when i wrote my books so my books happened because i wanted to raise funding and of course i had that creativity knack to do that but once i raised funding i realized oh wait a minute i don't have to wait for the government i don't need anyone's permission to solve a problem that is so in my face right now let's go ahead and do it so all of these forms of activism whether it was women empowerment is also human rights for me it's not specifically women empowerment for me so one particular project was of menstrual health care which literally emerged out of a moment where i started my period on the go when i was going to a meeting and it was a desire in my heart that why not we have these access to products that i need every month in situations like these but i have to go through this extremely painful process of first telling 10 people then finding an accessible space because shops in lahore unfortunately are not that accessible and then have a very simple human rights fulfilled let's find a service so girly things was a project that came out of that need and i realized there are other menstruators facing other types of barriers and it's literally chopping off their life their empowerment their choices such as education employment and then we just went on and on and on it's another ocean menstrual health care that i am swimming in and i am sometimes drowning sometimes coming to the surface with uh, with help of friends and supporters as well but it's again a big area to cover and um, i think my biggest takeaway would be that just to go ahead and solve the problem right there and then don't go into too many systems because that is a parallel system but community is the main system it has always been that way thank you so much thank you so much for coming and thank you so much for answering our questions and being part of the podcast um do you have anything else you would like to add i think i would like to add that um, in today's world and age i have a lot of faith in the legal systems of the world i have not lost faith over there and um, we have to achieve human rights together thank you so much